We're back. The Whiskey Hue, a podcast from three brown startup enthusiasts that pull back the curtain on business, culture, and side pieces, sports, e-games, cannabis, you know, those hustles that we, that we all have without the bullshit, of course, and most importantly, over whiskey. America calls Clyde Black, Athul Brown, and Anthony somewhere in the confusing middle. But we're three brothers in various shades of brown. All types are wrong, man. Bringing you, <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> bringing you the latest in tech, business, and startups, mixed with a ton of sarcasm. Cue the music. Welcome back to the Whiskey Hill, where we talk all things business, culture, tech, venture, um, things to make the dollar uh, work, work, work harder. And today we have a uh, special guest. We have Chad. Chad, what up, y'all? What's up? What's up? What's up? How you doing? What's came, going on? I'm came good. in hot on that. I one. did. You I really did. Came. I wanted to. I wanted to. Really I wanted to. I wanted to give y'all all the energy I could give it. <laughs> Absolutely. And he's he's actually the podcast pro, right? Oh, he, I wouldn't say that. He has his yep. own podcast, so we definitely recommend you check it out. Abstract Square. Find it on any of the uh, uh, podcasting services. If we're going to go through promotional periods here. Uh-oh. I mean, here we go. <laughs> yeah, let's make sure it gets out there, though. It's, it's a good listen. It's actually funny. Real funny. It's uh, funny, yeah. Content's good. Thank you. Thank there you, you go. We're, we're fans. You said my voice was high before we started this. <laughs> <laughs> Shots were fired. <laughs> but today we're, we're going to be talking about uh, the Whiskey Hill, and uh, we got some good topics for today, and we're sipping on some good whiskey, of course course and we're kicking it off with uh hibiki uh japanese whiskey uh so you know we're gonna sip it out sip it throughout the show and and then at the end we're gonna give you some uh some keynotes on what our thoughts are if we can if we haven't drank the whole bottle <laughs> no chasers no mixes for this either this yeah. is this is this is good just as is straight up mm, man. Mm, there we go there we go so you know we we're gonna be kicking off a topic today that's uh pretty much been all over the place and you know one of the biggest things that sparked my idea around the topic is snoop dogg uh, i know you guys are looking at me crazy but yeah, yeah snoop, snoop dogg oh, is launching a breakfast sandwich <laughs> with donuts and impossible sausages hells yeah i don't know if you've seen it or not but it's real. It's smoked sausage, right? I'm just playing. <laughs> but it's, that but is it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Do you double G at the double D at Dunkin' Donuts, oh, right? man, that's actually a miss on Dunkin' Donuts part yeah, right No, there. that's what I was saying. Branding-wise, what are you doing? Yeah. The marketer is all over it. But but basically, it's all about like food tech and you know that evolving space and Impossible, Beyond Meat, um, and a number of other companies who are getting into the space, not only from a... Uh, food, but then how we grow our food, how we consume it, mm. and um, we're just going to dive deep into that topic because I think it's a space where it's going to be, it's going to be big from a financial and revenue perspective. And you know, farmers are out there; their their worlds are impacted. They're getting subsidies, et cetera, et cetera. But where's the play? Where's the money at? And how can we find it and, and dive off into it? So, um, you know, beyond Snoop Dogg and his Impossible Donut Sausage Smoke Sausage, uh, you know, what what else are you guys seeing out there? Uh, there are quite a few players in this space, right? So we talked about Beyond Meat. They're they're in there. Impossible Burger, Memphis Meats. There's a bunch of others. Tyson Ventures actually had invested, I think, $25, 30000000 into Beyond Meat. And then they pulled out a week at, 
prior, and that was like a six and a half percent, seven percent valuation. But then they wanted to launch their own version uh, of alternative meat, and Beyond Meat said you got to bounce basically, and they gave the money back. I don't know who acquired those that position of theirs, but that that, that happened. So Beyond Meat, right? It IPO'd in 2019, and it jumped like 160, 170 percent the first day, a couple of days, like April, May. And from twenty five to sixty five dollars a share, topped off at the end of July, around two thirty. That's a that's deep. That's ten x from wow. the thing. Then a month later, it fell off 40 percent to one hundred forty five. And at the six month mark, after two things happened. So first, they they shared their first uh, profits, and they actually positive profits. And then, but why did it dip after that? Why do you think the stock? They want to eat that. More competitors. Competitors in the that's, marketplace. That's, that's a great point. But there, so like Impossible's not public yet, um, but there are competitors in space. But the main reason is, so from a venture perspective, there's a 90 to 100 day call period called the lockup period. Okay. And when you IPO, you can't, if you're an early investor, you should not, you can't sell your shares because they don't want it to be volatile in its initial offering. So then that was the 180 day mark. So even though it captured profit, it shared profits that were positive, People dipped and they, they captured their own profits internally who were early investors and they took a lot of it. So that took a took the stock down. And it's actually kind of starting to recover. It's like at 110, but it's not it hasn't reached that two thirty, which is more than double. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, some of the sales came out um, and and they continue to innovate, uh, specifically around Beyond, right? Yeah. So they they're I recently read that they're launching sausages, pork sausages. Mm. Um, so that's Huge because in China, yeah, pork is one of the main uh, uh, foods that that's yep. out in the marketplace. So, um, and there's also a shortage of of, of pork yeah. in China. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> so you know, there there. I mean, if you're if you're thinking about it, and kind of the play there is creating that uh, food tech version of pork, get into the marketplace, and then uh, going to a market where pork is, you know, pretty much impossible to, to find no pun intended, no pun intended. um nice. but it's 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 a great marketplace so that's one thing i definitely check out and one thing i want to clarify is the snoop dogg sausages was from from beyond meat not impossible so i want to no, make sure yes yeah, i want to make sure i'm clear on that which is actually a really great play because beyond meat is in, in my opinion a little bit more uh, of a better taste than the impossible burger is that true okay you know um you know, with the Impossible Burger, I think it's uh, it's GMO and it's also has soy in it, which mm. is the difference between the two, Beyond yeah. Meat and Impossible. Is Beyond Meat is a non-GMO, soy-free um, sort of patty. Yeah. So I think that was a smart play, like for <laughs> Duncan and Snoop. For now, man. For now, yeah. you yeah, know, yeah, obviously, I keep on, I keep because on the GMO thing is going to last. You want to go on brand? You call it smoke sausage with a bag of Doritos, and you're good. What else you, know, you smoke? What else you eat when you the, the cynical doing person like me is waiting to see like what happens ten years from now, yeah. like yep. the amount of people that. I've gotten cancer from eating Impossible yeah. Burger for <laughs> so, and the that's, last and, twenty days. And you that's, know, like, the, that's the catch. Like, so I was I was vegan for two years, right? Oh, nice. And and, okay. and, and and I ate all that stuff, right? The tempeh, the the tofu, and the, whatever the other one, what your fake meats, soy, right? some yeah. soy. It's it, they're all based on oh, oh, some yeah. other right. some yeah. other thing. Like so, you but the catch is like they say you don't know what's in these things, mm. right? You don't know what the compound is makeup of this outside right. of what they kind of. They tell you what it's not, you know, for marketing purposes. So it, it will be interesting to see how it really plays out. But there is a demand, you know, and there is a demand of non-GMO based products. Who yeah. People who don't want to eat, you know, meat and, you know, 
And it, I think it's just a it's a good fad right now. I think it's a great. I think fad. it's gonna. I think it's gonna be more than a fad. You um, think so? I think so. Well, right. let's, let's get into let's, some numbers. Let's, let's get into it. Let's get into some get numbers, numbers first, guy. and then and then <laughs> and then we'll get in. So right now, all we've been talking about is our personal health. Yep. We have to talk about climate health eventually. We'll get to there. All right. I'm, we'll go nerdy there. Well, I think it. I think but that's the that's a huge play. That's the biggest play. That's the biggest play of it. So, but let's go let's go straight numbers, right? So Beyond Meat right now they have on each of their burgers they sell it's four percent profit margin. That's not much. So every six dollar hamburger they sell it's 24 cents that's going in their pocket that's not great mickey d's comparatively has they get 20 percent margins on their big mac right memphis meats if you heard of them what they do is they take actual a live cow extract live cells and grow meat i met the founder one time at a, he was speaking somewhere back then it was 300k an ounce to produce five years ago 300k an ounce right if you're thinking about a one pound burger how much expensive wow. now it's down to $2,500 a pound mm. and I think another five years from now it'll get down to like comparable numbers to like what Mickey D's and Beyond Meat and all these cats are doing I just want you to understand he said grow meat in a cell <laughs> absolutely no it's it's, it's, it's <laughs> absolutely absolutely but you're not getting the climate effects you're getting a live taste yeah um, then, so point. this is again regardless of the health impact on our personal lives right so there's that you don't have to be around but you know <laughs> <laughs> so, but, so these are these are crazy ass numbers like, so it cost me like Burger King or whatever them to make like you know 20 50 cents to make a burger that they can sell at 6x of that Right, an impossible burger. It takes them about three bucks to make that same burger. So it's expensive right now because it's new. Yeah, and there's missing. So a cow burger is going to be a cow burger where they're doing pea, like uh, going without piggybacking off what AG said. There's tempeh. There's different things. Pea protein you can use for this. Other yeah. vegetables, right? So you can do. There's so many variations. They're going to find the cheapest one. Yeah, and then you know, as more people get into the space, it's going to drive the the cost down. Yep. Right, because you know McDonald's recently launched their PLT sandwich. Um, which is plant lettuce, tomatoes. So that's going to be huge. Oh, gosh. That's not why you go to McDonald's to get a plant <laughs> lettuce and tomato sandwich. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something like, about McDonald's in a little bit later on. Uh-oh. That is off-brand. Yeah, you know? definitely off-brand. <laughs> Especially for the company used to put pork in their french fries. Right, <laughs> no, like, was it beef? It was beef or pork? It was beef. It was beef. Was it a horse at one point? No. One of these horse oh, burgers back in like 20 one, <laughs> one sponsor out to, uh, <laughs> is gone. No, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my name's and, and to be clear, though, like Memphis Meats is not. Um, while they are a food tech company, they are not along the same lines of an Impossible Burger or Beyond Meat Burger because it still includes a beef product. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. But yeah, so that's a that's the fake meat conversation. There's like the categories of people who are in fake meat, and then there's the category of from a food tech side of it of people of, of new ways of developing or growing meat right or actual meat and a different that's non-impactful a different impact on the environment right because i you know there, there's tons of studies about how raising cattle you know impacts the environment oh, the same yeah. thing growing growing soy and all these other vegetables what they impact on 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 the climate as well there's tons of impact and all this stuff mm. so there's tons of research about how long this country has on the agricultural side how many more seasons we have the way we farm in this country yeah. so that's a whole different discussion and that's like a rabbit hole discussion that we should yeah. get into. But but it, there are, if, you know, so one pound of beef requires roughly 1,800 gallons of water to produce. Sheesh. And that goes from, and you wouldn't even think of that, right? Which includes like irrigation of the grains and grasses that's fed, uh, plus the water for drinking and processing. That's a lot, right? One slice of bread requires 11 gallons of water. Just to give you like somewhat of a comparison. So it's it's intensive to produce these. It's it's 
very cost prohibitive sometimes for other people to enter too. But it's uh, it's expensive to do this, and for the climate, right? So like I think beef and dairy, uh, if we just kind of keep going down this trajectory, it's gonna the z- the carbon zero, the carbon neutral thing, the Paris Climate Agreement. We're, yep. gonna, be, we're gonna it's all gonna use it up. Just that beef and dairy. That's not even including. Energy and all the other you mean, transportation, you mean, all that. You mean the agreement that we're no longer the United States is no yeah, longer. Yeah, we're the right. only country that's not a part of it still. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boom. So yeah, so food tech is one that's uh, uh, really exciting. And you know, since Chad is on the show, I, I do have an amazing kind of impossible burger story. So, about <laughs> <laughs> so one day it was uh, we were we were hanging out and. You know, we were we went to a Ghostface concert, and you know, I knew a guy that knew a guy that <laughs> knew Ghostface. So we uh, we end, we we end up going backstage, and and it, like we found out that Ghostface was like one of the spokes. It was like Ghostface and Raycon, Raycon, right? What? RZA. It's RZA. Yeah, Ghostface, Ghostface and RZA. Yeah, he's a uh, he's vegan. That's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they uh, uh they had a gang of Impossible Burger, uh, White Castle Impossible Burger backstage, and Crazy. you know, Chad's <laughs> like, "Yo, let me get one of these Ghostface." <laughs> <laughs> and he ended up getting out like, yo, what is this? Fake meat burger? I didn't know anything about it at the time, but you know, it kind of works out. Chad, you on yeah. the show when we're talking about it. Today. <laughs> I know, right? I appreciate the irony that. Did you like that. it? Did you like it? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've been eating Beyond Meat burgers for like the last two years. Damn, all right, almost two years, almost two years. Um, but Impossible Burgers is something that was new for me. Mm. Um, and I was always unsure about Impossible Burgers because. Um, I've, I've heard stories about like it was chemical based a it lot is of very, it right now, you yep. know, so like it just made me uncomfortable. And I think the first time I actually had an impossible burger, my, I had an upset stomach. And that's okay. alarming for me because I'm not vegan or a vegetarian, but I am, I'm vegan-ish. Okay. Uh, and vegetarianish, <laughs> you know, like I practice Just like Anthony's blackish. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, it's, so there would be like it's wrong. There would be days where I will <laughs> I will practice, you know. Yeah. But um, typically when I eat like a vegetarian or a vegan, it's very light on my stomach. Yeah. And when I ate that Impossible Burger, it was like it was heavy. My stomach was like, "Yo, what the hell is this?" Well, so the, the catch is the health. Well, so you got so. You know, someone who was vegan was. People got to be real cautious of the idea that if they eat these fake meats, that they're being healthier. Facts, yeah. Right, yeah, so yeah. it's not necessarily yeah. healthier when if the product is made a certain way or you're still using the same bread for your burger and, and the same stuff that's right. you know, chemically based and you're adding ketchup that has tons mm. of chemicals in it. Like, it's not, you're no longer mm-hmm. healthier. You're just not eating meat. Yeah. Right. right? So it's a, it's a different story, but- and not and not to go down this long road, but there are, are there are going down there. people right. who are not Pull able. We need. There are people who are not able to even go vegan or vegetarian because of their blood type. You yeah, know, like I, was, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, that's a Learn thing. Everything? You, you, you need something. to you need to definitely um, understand your blood type and things that you can and cannot eat because some there's some people need meat in their diets. Yeah. So there's a there's a there's a movie a documentary Game Changers right. Oh, so I was gonna recommend this later. So, so there's yeah there's there's different viewpoints on all this right. So it's that James Wilkes, your boy Lewis Hamilton because I know you're a bougie ass. Uh, I, I do love fine. Formula One racing. <laughs> and Arnold Schwarzenegger. You this dude's like, this dude's he's featured. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was released last year. It's on Netflix right now. And so the Tennessee Titans were a team they highlighted. So I think it was their DB. His wife is a chef, and they went Morgan, and he went vegan yeah. first. Mm-hmm. Then, like half the teams on it now, like fifteen players on the team, some starters, and so, you know, so Tennessee Titans they finished nine and seven now, the last two years, and, and the people they're, they're winning. But you know what? 
You know why they're winning? Why they're in that game? It's because it's because of Derrick Henry, and he ain't vegan. He's still tearing those I mean, no. So there, there's, you know, it's what they, what they do say about like more vegetarian. Let's not even go down vegan route, but like it's quicker rehab. Yeah. The processing that we have, and it just meets even right, and how it ta- how long it takes for your body to rehab after. As we're getting older, and we work out, we played sports, got beat up a lot, hit training. I, w- I want to figure out different ways to get rehab quicker. Yeah. And I would love for that. And our and you get more explosive and robust muscle growth as well for more vegetarian based diet. But then yeah. on Joe Rogan experience, they're yes. countering it. Yeah. Chris Kessler. Chris Kessler. 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 They were going yeah. back and forth. And you know who sound crazy on that one? Was James Wilkes. Yeah. He's the one that sounded like the aggressor. I'm like, why are you upset, man? Just they were having a conversation, but the So I, I would say from just a pure non scientific perspective, I you know, when I went vegan, I definitely had more energy. Not gonna lie. Okay. I really did have a lot more energy. And and you probably were feeling like Ray Allen. Right, because Ray Allen is a big vegan, and uh, I just wanted to highlight how that, he's that, he's that, was t- a, that was a nice transition to basketball. against <laughs> your space, yeah. <laughs> Talk about the Miami Heat. Uh, no, no, no. Let me get off that before I get t- talking about my boy LeBron. But uh, so, but but Ray Allen and his wife launched a uh, a healthy food alternative company called Grown uh, Grown Restaurants, and you know that's something that's they're on the cover of Franchise Magazine this this month and talks about kind of how they their story in tw- t- 2016. They launched it and it was the brainchild of his wife um, mm-hmm. who was a singer and, you know, of course, Ray Allen is the great, great NBA basketball player. So it just talks about how, you know, they're, they're entrepreneurs, they're growing their business in the food tech space and they're they're providing a, a true, like, organic and, and um, uh, kind of fresh farm to table experience. Was he vegan as a player? Uh, I think so. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, he was. There's a lot yeah. of people who are vegan, like, uh, common from Chicago, my Chi Town dude. He's, yeah. He was a he's been a vegan forever. I mean, you can afford to be vegan. Yeah, vegan. did yeah. I cut you off, Clyde? I'm sorry. No, it's all good. I'm used to it now. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I love it. But but uh, I know, right, right, right. Sorry. But no, no, no. I talk about I talk about that because not only the food tech. But then also the entrepreneur's uh, perspective around, you know, black and brown people and planning the space, not only in like the food tech of uh, Alan, um, Ray Allen and his wife, um, but then also kind of other cities and states are taking the initiative to to grow technology in, in kind of black and brown communities. I recently uh, was looking at uh, Atlanta and Georgia. They're launching a whole task force led up by the lieutenant governor around making georgia the silicon valley of the east coast mm. they're trying to they're trying to, to to steal it like they're trying to be in the space and you know good luck atlanta's wakanda right <laughs> you know, that's black, why your boy from bevel's down there now too yeah definitely down there running in it's a great launching ground and bevel is they they actually launched um you know the bevel systems a while ago i think they were based in san fran yeah uh, they eventually um uh were purchased Long story about that, but I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later. <laughs> uh, they were purchased by P&G. It was a, a founded by Tristan Walker, who um, created Walker and Company, and and developed a you know a men's healthcare system around uh, shaving, um, and then also um, uh, skincare. Clippers skincare. Yeah. And P&G kind of swooped it up after he's been in the marketplace for I think about four or five years took it over he's instilled him as a founder uh president of the company and they've just continued to grow but you know atlanta is where they moved to um and they've opened the office a lot of black and brown talent there and it's a lot of highly skilled 
institutions are there. So you got Georgia Tech, you got Morehouse, you got all these Clark Atlanta. Oh, you got all, Morehouse in there. Uh, you know, that's there. the home. The I was house. waiting for you to say Clark Atlanta. You know, shout out, shout out to my <laughs> my uh, uh, CAU brothers and sisters. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of talent out there in the tech yeah. space, and you're able to get access to uh, good quality employees and people that work in the space so i can definitely see why georgia is trying to compete in the space mm. you know a house is an arm and a leg so you know you go to san fran you can a million yeah. dollars to get you a one bedroom shack but in yeah. atlanta it gets you a whole block yeah so i can definitely see why that's the place and incubators are down there and and uh is and is that advertisement for atlanta man I know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, about moving. <laughs> <laughs> Is Clyde getting paid for this? <laughs> Jeez, do you know? I had, to, I had to break this up, man, because I want them know you got to pay us. And we <laughs> Clyde is not sharing paid advertising. There knowledge. you go. It's called integrated marketing. I got that one. Um, but no, no, no. But you know, it's a space, and we talk about. You mentioned Tristan Walker earlier, Athul, um, and this week they just launched. It's kind of the next iteration of his of a system of, of products and as a black business owner, especially at one of the highest levels of being a president of P&G and launching his own company where he had VCs and and, uh, and then end up getting acquired is, is is a great space. And they now they're competing in the, in the marketplace. So just wanted to get you guys as uh, POV on that and kind of what you think about Georgia trying to be the next Silicon Valley of the East Coast. All right, so which one are we going to tackle first? I know that's a that's like a whole what thing. You, you want to tackle? I, uh, well, I Bevel do want to. Chad, who's running points, coming in. <laughs> Go for it, baby. <laughs> no, I think it's really smart that they're bringing Silicon Valley to Atlanta. I think it's the obvious choice, especially if you're trying to diversify the tech industry, right? Like, yeah, it's it's like now you now you have to like truly buy in to saying you want to be a diverse organization. You know, that's a mm-hmm. completely different topic that I can always dive into. But, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, you know, now that's that you have, before. yeah, now that you have like um, the film industry in Atlanta. Yeah. And shout out to Tyler Perry. Yep. You you have, and now tech is the obvious next destination for uh, the opportunity to diversify an organization. So I like that piece. They, yeah. I I, th- I don't I think I don't think they they they'll be the Silicon Valley of the East Coast. They'll be the Silicon Valley of the Southeast. Yeah. That, that, they're, Thank you. They're they're, they're, they're <laughs> not taking that from New York. Like you can't yeah. you can't you can't steal that kind of the amount of talent that's in the New York area. Of course. And then you got the the that whole the whole like we talked about before the whole corridor the yeah. Boston New York absolutely Philadelphia DC corridor like you're that's just too much talent in one area. So in these these cities are already expensive. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm good. So yeah. these cities are already expensive, like what you kind of mentioned, right? So Atlanta's going to get Chicagoified eventually. So true Chicagoans mm-hmm. are moving yeah. out because Google and Facebook came in. Yeah. So true Chicagoans couldn't afford the rents anymore because they were getting paid their East and West Coast salary. So there's like a 15% attrition rate. That may happen to Atlanta, which is sad. That's one of the outcomes that could be so true yeah, Atlantans. So you're going to get this inpour of people with higher pay higher salaries and other people and they're going to expect more so they're going to pay more and it's that's going to one thing that's going to be a negative caveat of this but i think it's beautiful what's happening in Asia. you you do yeah. need new cities doing new shit you do and yeah. it's aggregating what we've alluded to before you have to aggregate bbps black and brown people yeah in the room to give other opportunities and speaking so, about, speaking about that i mean that's right on right on topic because uh google just kind of went all in in that by appointing um, Jewel Burks Solomon as the first head of uh, uh, new Google for startups, their new organization that uh, really focused on startup startups and connecting startups with uh, um, companies and products and c- developing best practices. So 
Um, I want to just shout out Google for that because that's going to be having somebody with a seat at the table, helping yeah. to make decisions, and they're based in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's definitely going to change the narrative. And it'll be interesting to see what they become an expert. Like they're like what what would Atlanta be like the top you know industry wise? What would their especially since Coca Cola is down there? Of course, you got the yeah, university side of it. What is their area of expertise? Like some you know like some cities, they're you know they have certain categories that they own. Yeah, New York is all over the place, but you're not going to get everything in New York. You're not going to get everything in San Francisco. So I would love to see what Atlanta mm. becomes when it comes down to which industries. I bet a lot have. of B to C is going to come out of there because mm. yeah. that's that's the target market, right? Yeah. So, are we going to talk about Tristan Walker for a little bit? Let me hit up some things. Yeah, go ahead. Then our man, I transitions are nice and rough. Then our man. No, I think it's I think it's a good topic, right? Because you talk about Atlanta, they're now they're based down there. They're getting the good talent from down there. They just launched a whole suite of new products that are all based for, you know, pretty much black and brown, black and brown, black and brown uh, men. rich people. Yeah, where the products <laughs> are, it's it's needed, right? Because you know, you get your Dove soap, you get your, you know, your other products that are expensive. So they're right in the marketplace, but they're created for black and brown people. So um, it's 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 new. It's just launched, and uh, you know, thinking about where they originally started though is is kind of mind blowing because it was just a one single razor that they started with and yeah. you know a lot of people were hype about it I know I was specifically because it was a, a young black dude started a company got venture founded, uh, funding and then kind of grew it from from nothing to something although he he did have a tech background he was you know part of the early he, days of Twitter up, did he also go to Stanford Four Square. And he's Stanford, Stanford dude Square. he went to the right private high school he was the yeah. third dude yeah. in at Four Square. he was the second BBP there's a Naveen Selvader I was there he's one of the co-founders Okay. third was him and he built out the whole biz dev uh, Tristan yep that's old Austin. So he he picked out Twitter. So he knew he know he got in when they were under twenty employees for both of them. So yeah. he had a great network. Yeah. For sure. Does anyone own any Bevel products here? I do. I had. I have have past tense. Uh, yes. I still have like the, the face cream that like it's like in a corner somewhere. <laughs> I don't As a black man, I'm sad to say I do not. Okay. But you have to shave. But I'm going to get some. Are you get sh- some. Do you shave? Like, I shave every other day. Oh, I don't That's shave. That's the Mexican side of me that you, you know. You are really blackish. That's the ish. That's the ish. Ish. Whatever. Yeah. All right, keep it going. <laughs> We're all accepting, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Unless you're Aaron Rodgers. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Chicago Bears hate coming up. All right, go ahead, man. Do your thing. <laughs> Ag, sorry, I couldn't. Oh, no, I thought, I thought, I thought you, no, oh, I was no. just curious, you know, because you know, for the brand to be around for as long as it's 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 you know been in the marketplace, I still feel like it's there's a disconnect between uh, who his target audience is and uh, the products that are out. I, I don't I don't know Why? what I don't understand the target audience, right? Because I don't think huh. black, you know, this is me speaking for myself. <laughs> I don't know black people shave that much. That's why I black said you're men. black-ish because like, I don't shave. Yeah, like black men don't shave. Straight up, I shave with the Andy's clippers. Exactly. Yeah, like you guys still shave, like which is the worst thing for your skin. But yeah. let's not even go there right now. But I'm sorry. So educate the brown man in the room. So how often do you have to shave? Well, so most black men I know shave if if they have a beard. Like some black men take months to grow a beard. What like the my ass, chickens? My ass can grow a beard. This I I didn't shave since Thursday. I will have a beard, a full beard. But this time next week, like most black men don't shave like that when it comes to the skin because of hair bumps. So some of the products yeah, that Bevel has is supposed to prevent hair bumps. It's single blade, right? It yes, went back to the old school days. That's a yeah. whole, that was the whole point. So it was one of those things like, all right, at this price point, how the hell mm. do you expect people for men, black men who barely buy razors itself? 
and, and products on daily on, on a weekly basis. Who's going to buy spend this kind of cash? But those were the other products come in. Yep. And then yeah. that was kind of one of the the things that at least from the outside looking in is why I thought that you know the acquisition of P and G was something that they had to do because how do they get scale? How do they get able to get enough uh, scale so they can get to the price points? Where they can get open to the the full marketplace because you know the single blade safety razor that they had was fifty dollars like like oh, you say man. people who are shaving and buying a fifty dollar razor especially if you're not doing it that often okay I get it yeah, yeah 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 so and then they launched the clippers for barber shops et cetera et cetera which you know are also expensive because you can get the Andes for fifty dollars but theirs is like two hundred dollars so it's it's uh it's one of those things where we have to see where it plays and uh, as an entrepreneur in, in the marketplace. Know. Will it will it be around? Because now they just released all their new products, and yeah. as a well, if you're in the PNG umbrella, and his whole point was, I want to be as around as a brand 150 years from now. And I think can I can we just jump on the VC component of this guy? Yeah, how absolutely. he's baller he is. He hit the perfect trifecta, grand slam, whatever you want to call it. He created a product that solved a market challenge and filled a crucial market gap, right? And he had a huge customer base globally. Mm-hmm. All right. And eventually acquired by a large conglomerate. That's the trifecta, right there. He made no money. Yeah, he. I agree with you because he took a ton of. He took too much money, and he said that he took too much money early on. I'm a VC dude. I would go against taking VC money if you don't need it because it's expensive. You got to pay us first before you pay yourself eventually. Um, so that's what happened to him. Yeah, that's exactly. He spent what way too much money on product development. Yep, and not so much on marketing. But it was going to be expensive because it was new. Yeah, well, yeah. The, the barriers to entry, but there was that where he when he came out, there was this influx of men's general generalized yeah. men's care. Like there's you know the art of shaving those stores, like the whole manscaping thing, the whole right? Man, the whole yeah. yes, yeah. the whole that was out there, and then there was no one black men were out like, hey man, you know what about us? And then he comes out, yeah, and that, and it was great because it was direct to consumer, and that direct to consumer was a good thing and a negative thing too because you're like there was a, a like almost like a reoccurring uh, monthly. Bill, like when new products they yeah. send you new stuff every month, and that got annoying just from a personal side. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear from you, Clyde, um, in regards to growth marketing um, as it relates to Bevel in the early stages. Yeah, I think they had pretty much a great ground groundswell um, because it was something that a lot of black men, black and brown men, could relate to. You know, the bumps in the face, having to mm. buy that blue bottle that everybody hated, but everyone everyone in college knew that he's the one who had it. And I think they could have took off and, and really expanded on that. But the price, price points made it really hard because you had this product that was really presented as a luxury product, mm. but the marketplace wasn't um, set up to be a luxury product. If you if you can kind of got understand what I'm saying from the standpoint of, you know, it's clippers, it's shaving systems, like nobody's paying a premium for luxury products like that. So when you're thinking about growth, you have to find product market fit. Yeah, I think you had a market, but the product didn't fit from a price standpoint. Mm. So that's kind of where, you, and you're thinking about how you grow it faster and faster, you have to figure out ways to create um, uh, lower level entry products um, so that you can get people hooked into the system and then you can expand from there and add on, add on products. So that's why you often see like, you know, one of the greatest marketing stories ever was, you know, you, you get a free razor and then now you got to buy the blades. You yeah. get hooked into the system. So man. how do you get people hooked into the system for something free, low cost and expand the growth? So that's that was where the biggest opportunity would have been if they could have expanded and grew at a rapid pace. So um, that's, yeah. Going to Quip Route. Quip Route yep, made quip. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's inexpensive and it's 
Yeah. Consistent recurring revenue. I right. subscribe to Quip, but that's a different story. Okay. No. I, if they can't put this stuff in the local hair salon, you know, like, or, or at, at Rite Aid or Walmart and people just easily, like, there's cheap versions of it. Yeah. I, who's, it's I, it's I too late it. for that. The price point is already set where it can only be in specific places like a Target. Well, but here's the thing. Like mm. you can, they, they can take the razor, the single blade. There's not like there's, there's no other single blade razors out there that are cheap. You know, every other all the all the razor companies do create a single blade razor that, that are cheap as hell. They may be twenty razors in there for like seven dollars. They can do the same thing and market it towards black men. Mm. That might that might do something. Now the question is, where's the profitability of it? I don't know. Right. right? I don't know their finances right. that well. His company effectively served as PNG's R and D branch for that market. Yeah. Right. Yep. So it was an yeah. easy acquisition. And then when we're thinking about the venture space and you know, everybody has a beard. <laughs> Every <Today. laughs> day, uh, thinking about the venture True. space and, True, that's gonna and who's planning and how the black and brown pe- people are planning it. There was a, a report that came out um, early last year that I found very interesting. It was actually produced by the ha- Harlem Capital Partners uh, team, where they mm. released a database of, of 200 yeah. black and uh, Latinx venture capital investors. Uh, uh, first things first, I don't like that Latinx, but let's not go here. Okay. Okay. I mean, so. You guys are just trying to spin off like 20 episodes off these I know. topics. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's, I thought we were dipping out after that last one. But <laughs> there's another one. It's like a Disney and for my last show. <laughs> no, but I just want to, I always wanted to highlight that because we talked about like Atlanta in the, in the Silicon Valley space, venture capital, um, all the different areas. So, I wanted to just wrap it up and kind of highlight, you know, there is a place for the venture capital and black and brown people. Uh, we're continuing to expose it, expose opportunities and look at ways for, you know, us to, to make plays in those spaces. So, um, you know, I think this has been a good episode. Um, you know, I had to look out, look for a city of Atlanta to be sending me a check soon. Uh, but <laughs> sending us a check. Well, you know. <laughs> Claude has made it very clear. You're gonna get the, you're gonna get no the Medea box set, right? Binge <laughs> watching like Drake and shit. And my feelings, yeah, and my feelings. Lo- it's gonna be a love of hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, I wanted to wrap it up today and kind of see what's the um, shit we should know. Kind of get on that topic, and you know, um, Anthony, I'll let you kick it off. Uh, on the spot. On the there spot. There we go. On, what are we talking Who about? Who wanted to kick it off? Who wanted to kick it off? Shit, you should know. Shit, you should know. Oh, your, your shit, spot. Shit, shit. Uh, your section. Oh, that's right. That's right. Shit, you should know. Damn, I'm blanking right now. All yeah, right. sucks. Want me to dip in real quick? I, I, was, ty- I was typing say, something. Say, say, man. As old that I am. Um, I'm going to give you two, right? ClassPass. It's a fellow BBP, Pyle Kadakia. She launched ClassPass. Yeah, she founded it years ago. I thought they were, they were killing it at first. Then I thought they were left for dead because they've raised half a billion dollars almost at a $1 billion valuation. That's not great. What? That's not great. But I think uh, because they stepped off, she became the executive chairman of the board and they brought in uh, someone who was in that space, exec, stepped in as a CEO. And I think what they're going to do is they're going to be taking it from that. It was the $99 price point. Now it's anywhere from $9 to $120. Uh, dollar price point, depending on what you do, they're going to incentivize folks with corporate packages. I think that's going to. So I saw that it literally happened uh, last week that she raised another two hundred some mil, and at that five hundred thing. Second one I'm going to do. We talked about food tech and all that. We talked about game changers. I'm going to give you a book, Fast Food Nation. They made a movie about yeah. it, mm-hmm. but the movie is very different from the book. I once I read that book, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to mess it up for you. I have not eaten a hamburger at McDo- at a fast food restaurant since. 
I'm not going to tell you what's in it, but that's because of that. The first time I stepped in a Burger King was just like about a month and a half ago when they had Impossible Burger try the Whopper because that used to be my favorite burger. To that it. note, I watched the movie and I stopped eating beef and pork. Okay. All right. So uh, it happened to you too. And that was almost 10 years ago. That was over 10 years ago. The book is 20 years. It's like 19 years old. Yeah. yeah, yeah I watched it. it. I was like, so no, I'm done with this. So 18 years a, I've been out of that. That's process. another topic. Yeah. Um, and then for me, I, I would highlight, um, um, I would say... I don't know. I don't have any shit I should know this week. Man, you got I, will, no I will say that. And that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> okay I, I don't have anything. Just I don't have anything. Thank How about you. a point? How about a man running point? Chad, you got something? Uh, in general, just, yeah. no, I would just say that um, things you should know is if you are interested in going vegan or vegetarian, like I said before, do your just, research. just do your research. You know, I think there are some ways that you can gradually get into it. You know, I don't recommend like... You know, going cold turkey off um, your existing diet because your body could go into shock. Yes, it will. Um, and that's not a great good thing. So uh, things to know. If you're trying, I would say start out by doing maybe uh, going vegan or vegetarian for lunch or dinner. Um, and then as you start to progress and understand what your body is, your body is capable of a... Um, ingesting, then you start to just expound upon that. And keep I, Tums nearby because you regular ass so, folks. Yes, you will become a lot more regular <laughs> just by the way. <laughs> but with that, uh, just to piggyback on it, talk to one, talk to a nutritionist if you do it too, mm -hmm. because it will, once you do, once you go vegan, it will change your body yep. and the way your body processes food. Even if you want to, because I, you know, I'm back to meat. Okay. And Shit I used to eat, I can't eat anymore. Really? I've I've no I, I was never lactose intolerant. I am lactose intolerant. Wow. <laughs> you know this Boom. like 40, 50 percent of the population of the world? I didn't know that. Like something well, like that. Some yeah, absurdly it's, it's, high. There's arguments to say that. Should we be eating we know, weren't designed milk to. of a cow? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think any of us come from environments that we should. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh. And, I, then, and then Anthony, you got anything we should know? Uh, no, I don't. Not today. All right. I got all shit right. for you, man. I just, you I just, I just, I just own it. Sometimes I have something. Sometimes I don't. The Aaron, all Hernan right. the, the, Aaron Hernan right. the Aaron Hernandez doc. We got the pilot control. It's kind of bring the plane in. All right, all right, all right. Go, go Niners. So we'll close it out. Uh, thank you for your time. We, uh, we, we've been sipping that Habiki, and uh, as you can tell, we as from our from our episode how we started, how we finished. It's been good. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> hey, thank you for having me on the show. It's yeah. been really fun. Absolutely. Anytime. Come we'll on back. back. Abstract Squared. Chad is in the building. Uh, see you guys soon. The Whiskey Hue. Peace.